0: Welcome to the Expat Empire podcast, the podcast where you can hear from expats around the world and learn how you can join them. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Expat Empire podcast. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you that we're offering a free consulting call to anyone interested in moving abroad. Whether you're thinking about retiring somewhere warm, starting an international career, or becoming a digital nomad, we're ready to help you think through the next steps in your journey. Send us a message at expatempire.com to schedule your call today. With that said, let's start the conversation. Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Expat Empire podcast. Thank
1: you, David. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it'll be great to hear a bit more about your story. It'd be good if you could start for us telling us a bit about where you're originally from, where around the world you've lived so far, and where you're currently living.
1: I grew up in Northern Virginia, outside of DC. I went to school in the Carolinas, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and Greenville, North Carolina. And then I made my way up to New York City, which is where I lived before I ventured off to explore the world, which ended up being finally where I am now, and that is Hanoi, Vietnam. Um, I didn't really live anywhere else, I did have, because, until I figured out what was happening, meaning the fact that I was enjoying this and didn't want to return. I did live in, had an apartment in Turkey for a week, not knowing if it was going to be extended or not. And uh, I was in Turkey for a month and Greece for a month and Thailand for a month. I, I think I knew I wasn't going to live there, but I, I had apartments until I decided to move on.
0: Sounds good. Well, yeah, it's definitely taken you to some interesting places. So Uh, It'd be good to hear a bit about where it all started for you. So you were in the United States, and how did you ultimately decide to leave and start this adventure?
1: Uh, I had a birthday trip that was taking me to Greece on my friend's boat for 10 days. And I thought I was going to possibly continue a vacation, extend it. I didn't know how long or where or do what, but I thought that I might Consider it when the trip was over, when the 10 days was up. And when the 10 days was up, I made the decision right then and there to not only continue the vacation, but it ended up turning into true traveling. And that seamlessly went into me living in Vietnam.
0: So you just sort of left everything there that you had in the United States and just moved on straight from this travel or did you go back I mean what was the real logistics there because it sounds like quite an abrupt change
1: well because i I knew I wanted I wanted the opportunity to possibly extend my vacation I wanted to and I did eliminate any worries any stress anything I had or had to worry about so I left it so that I could return in the 10 days or I could keep traveling. So I didn't have anything I had to go back to. I didn't have any belongings. I got rid of everything. And I wasn't downsizing thinking this. I was thinking, well, why not just get rid of anything I have to worry about? And when you live in New York, you don't it's a little bit different because you know places are smaller and you I don't want to say you have less things, but it's just an easier process. I did that. I had I had no no limitations. I, I told work that I might be back in ten days, but to feel free to replace me because I could be back in two months. I could be back in ten days. I could be back in two months. I could be back. Who knows? And it's funny because they they kept holding on to the spot for me, thinking I was returning. <laughs> and after maybe six months, they said he's not coming back. Um, but that's that was the approach I took. Was I just I wanted to be responsible enough that. Other people would not count on me because I didn't want the stress. I wanted to be on a boat where I wasn't. I knew if I kept my job that I would be in constant communication with them. I would be constantly worrying. It would. It would just wouldn't be fun. So that was the important part for me was eliminating any responsibility in the U.S. And I did that. And it made it easier for me to keep moving.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, (laughs) Did you have any challenges getting adjusted to that traveler's lifestyle coming from, (laughs) I guess, living and working in New York City? Not at all.
1: Not at all. I I love every second of it. And I'm very uh, zen, but I'm zen because or I reinforce that with the fact that I try to eliminate stress. So if things stress me out, I just remove them. I I take the obstacle out of the way. So with um, changing the life, not at all, not at all, because it was all an experience. Every Everything I encountered was just another experience. So adapting was super easy, super easy. I'm easygoing, too. I'm easygoing.
0: So you were coming out of that uh, trip, and then you decided to elongate it. So where did you decide to go to first, and how did you decide where to go? Did you have a list of places in your head or, or written down somewhere that you <laughs> wanted to check, check off the list, or was it just... The cheapest flight you could find. How'd you do it?
1: I had this imaginary list. It was so unrealistic. The night before I left, the I, so I didn't have a passport until a couple of days before I left. The week I, that I left, so I never really traveled. Uh, I never left the country. So I, the night before, I completely, I'm completely green to this. Where I was, uh, the night before I was leaving, I was saying goodbye to some friends, and. I told him, my dream was, oh, I'd love to go to China and go hiking in the Himalayas. And you know, if I extend my trip, this is what I was thinking. And my friend goes, you know, I'm surprised because this, even the birthday trip itself was within the, a month prior for the most part. So, she, you know, my friend goes, I'm surprised that you could plan all this and get all your visas on in time. And I didn't even know what a visa was. So she goes, uh, we had that little awakening with. With what a visa actually is, because I didn't realize it's a requirement in most countries. So um, that kind of deterred me from those dreams, those imaginary that imaginary plan. But the plan was, if I keep traveling, maybe I'll go to these imaginary places that I did no research about. And even though I knew nothing about traveling or visas, it was just like a unfounded, completely unfounded, just a, a truly a dream. So how did I decide? I ended up uh, when I left my friends in Greece on the beach when we said goodbye. I made the decision at that moment to keep traveling. It was in Greece, I passed a sign for a hostel. I decided to take the chance and say my first hostel as well. The hostel experience was uneventful, but I stayed in another one thinking, I always hear about hostels, let me try one more time. That's where I started getting the encouragement to keep traveling and where to go. So that hostel I was in, for three weeks, and I met a lot of people. They encouraged me to go to Turkey. People in Turkey encouraged me to go to Thailand. And cumulative, so people had said, "Well, maybe after Turkey, you might want to go to Thailand." So that it just all—I just it, all the information piled up. So that's where the decision is made. But it was usually last minute. It, it was typically when I was in a routine. So at one point in the hostel, one of the guys said, "What are you doing here?" if you can go somewhere, why not leave now? I said, well, I, you know, where that's when Turkey came up and I left for Turkey the next morning. And that's kind of how it all worked. It wasn't flights. It was just, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know anything about traveling. I don't know. I don't know any of this. I get lost in New York city. I don't, I have no clue what I'm doing right now. I have a backpack. So it was encouragement from others, inspiration from others. So you keep traveling and And they would give me advice to
0: people that would meet along the way. So do you feel by now that you're a pretty professional traveler? I mean, (laughs) have you learned all the ropes?
1: (laughs) Well, half the trick is just rolling with the punches. That's really it. Because you can't really plan and be a traveler at the same time. If you do, then you're entering a destination with blinders on. I must go see this. I must do this. I have this time constraint. So, you know, the huge part of traveling is is going there without the planning. So, yeah, if you have a backpack and I don't want to say necessarily an open schedule, but if you have a backpack, but definitely an open mind, that's pretty much the essentials of traveling. That's it.
0: Sounds good. Is there anything in your bag, uh, your backpack that you think is a must have that you'd recommend other people pick up before they head out?
1: Well, the backpack itself is a must and a friend advised me on this before i even left not realizing i was going to travel travel he just said don't bring luggage because if you lose it your whole trip's ruined so i started with that advice and it's a 40 liter lightweight backpack without wheels he was very specific he did a lot of traveling he was right on the money uh you know the wheel brakes where well, you're stuck with the extra the, all the plastic parts of the the backpack you, you know you and you want it as lightweight as possible because you will be carrying it everywhere. Um, but the backpack itself is probably the biggest. The other part, you know, it's you can only fit so many outfits in there. So it's really just about the clothes. And I always recommend modium. <laughs> I always, you know, you don't want to be away from your hotel or your home, say, or your hostel or on a tour bus or... In somewhere that you're just not familiar with, you can't just run to a CVS or Dwayne Reed or whatever pharmacy you have. But that's really the biggest. It's your obviously your passport and money backup plans for both. But the, the backpack and the Imodium will get you get you around the world.
0: Sounds good. Good advice indeed. So how did you end up making the move to Vietnam then? And how did you find that to be the place that you wanted to settle down, I suppose?
1: Have you been here,
0: David? To Vietnam, yes, I've been once, yes. it. it,
1: But don't you just love the vibe? Yeah, Yeah. I loved it. That's it, that's it. Like if you go to, like the southern part of Vietnam reminds me more of, say, Thailand, where a lot of the culture is already gone, but a lot of the culture, and it's still, like Hanoi, I'm in a city the size of New York, but there's still a lot of culture. And that's why I appreciate, is it's a city, but it still has a culture. And you can easily get out of town, meaning... Twenty minutes and being a tiny village where there's they still cook only by fire, outside by fire. It's so such an amazing experience. Um, so that's why you just it's I love the hustle of the city and the abundance of culture because with that comes everything. It's it's complete overload, I'm like a kid in yeah. a candy store.
0: <laughs> And do you feel any of that decreasing at all as you get more used to the city? Or I mean, it sounds obviously like you still love it, but I just wonder <laughs> if you know part of that also comes with it being so new and fresh, right? And absolutely, of course, absolutely, you know, there's something maybe that changes a bit, and obviously your perspective as well as you live there longer. But I'm yeah, curious if that yeah yeah changed at all for it,
1: you? it hasn't waned. The it is because it's new, obviously. I mean, you don't have Vietnamese people going, "Wow, I love my," you know, "I love looking at." <laughs> Yeah, someone wearing a, a rice hat. So yeah, it is new, but there's so much new because it is so different. They've hung on to their culture for so long. And a lot of countries don't have that. A lot of regions don't have that. Plus it's a city. Mm-hmm. So I'm not living in the middle of nowhere experiencing this. I'm living a city life experiencing this, which is nice coming from New York. There's no shock in that aspect where I'm suddenly there's only same twenty people around me. It's, there's a constant influx of people.
0: So what did you decide to do when you first arrived there? It sounds like you had started some businesses, but you know, where did things kind of take you and how did you get your start?
1: Yes, I, I opened up a hostel first, followed by the hotel and then the travel agency. Um, the hostel was mostly by chance. There was a, a guy in the first hostel I stayed at in Greece or second hostel in Greece who was a digital nomad. And I was asking him how my field of hospitality would translate to a profession, nomadic profession. And he said, cause he said all professions translate to a nomadic lifestyle. And then when I told him mine was hospitality, I, I'll never forget it. Cause he said, well, maybe not all fields translate because <laughs> he couldn't think of what I could do. You can cook, but you have to, it'd be very difficult. You had to find a job where it's not only a position that they're looking for, they're seeking uh, someone with Western food experience, but also the pay because it's such a substantial difference. So anyways, along the way, people had mentioned that there are expats that often o- open hostels. So that seed was planted. So <clears throat> I looked into it and it's relatively easy to open it. You know, the difficult part is that, is that you're operating a business in a foreign country and all the micromanagement that comes with that, especially if you don't see or I mean, speak or read the language. So the government here pretty much almost insists, they encourage that you have a Vietnamese partner, but it makes sense because if they're collecting the electric bill, they go door to door and they don't speak English. You pay them cash. So there's a lot of that when they collect taxes, it's door to door cash and you you need someone. So uh, anyways, I opened up the hostel, then then the other two, but uh, I always preface it with luckily luckily they closed because his i found myself enjoying it because i'm an entrepreneur at heart but i was more in the rat race than living in new york more in the rat race so it's constantly overseeing everything because of the language barrier constantly and there's almost like a sense of paranoia because you have all this information in front of you but you can't discern what is what so you end up hiring people to to tell you what the other person is saying, then you need someone else to translate what the first person said to make sure they said the correct thing. So it's a constant juggling. Very, very difficult. You can let it go. You can let go of some of the micromanagement if that's your style. But I know for a fact the, the ones that I do know um, are really getting ripped off by not micromanaging. So it's a big risk. And I, I preferred the micromanagement, but I'm glad. I'm so glad. COVID came because I would still, I probably have a fourth business. I would, I would just keep going and I would be in the rat race and I would forget why, why I'm here. So anyways, on the, on the very day that I closed the last bus- business, which was a the hostel, they were all open about a year. Um, on the very last day, I, I was thinking, what, you know, what should I do? I'm trapped here. That's not a fair word to use during COVID because I'm very lucky to be here, have been here during COVID. But we couldn't leave the country and get back. So I was trapped here, essentially. But that day, I decided, uh, oh, I I saw people were, expats were teaching. So I sent out 40 resumes and pretty much got 40 interviews. It's very, (laughs) it's a much sought after position and very easy to get hired. So I did that instantly, instantly, next day teaching. No, (laughs) no downtime. I didn't plan it like that. I thought it was something I would look into. I didn't realize it's a much It's a very, very sought after position here. So yeah, I have been teaching online and in person, depending on if the schools are open or closed for COVID. We are just now going back to the classroom. I thought I was gonna be late to you because we just switched to back to the classroom for this class today. So yeah, I've been teaching ever since.
0: But you mentioned your entrepreneurial mindset or drive. uh, And I'm curious, if you always knew that you had that, or what sort of unearthed that for you? Was it this experience, or did you have other entrepreneurial experiences?
1: Yeah, I had past? a I had a restaurant in in New York. I just I think it's see the, the c- control with the creativity, that balance where you kind of have to, and especially in hospitality, majority of restaurants not only are owned by people who don't know restaurants or business. But they also fail because of that reason. That's why they have such a short lifespan, which is very unfortunate. But, you know, people just feel like, oh, I'll open a restaurant because I like eating out or because I I like cooking. It's just, you know, you don't go, oh, I like getting my haircut. I think I'm going to open up a hair salon or whatever it may be. You just don't do that. But with the restaurant business, people feel like they can and they often do. So, you know, it's partially with that, too, where I've seen so many bad choices from owners or people high uh, enough up that don't belong in the business, making poor decisions where you realize the only way to control this is, is to, to own.
0: Do you, do you feel like your entrepreneurial drive has sort of shifted and move, maybe moved to another area as you've moved into working as an English teacher, for example, or do you feel like that scratches the itch in a different way? I, I can imagine it's a big change from having three businesses to manage to being an English teacher.
1: No, no, no change. No change because my instant thought the second I started teaching that week, I started thinking about opening a school instantly. Just automatic. I just that's how I think, and then I, I start planning it out, and I think about the costing. But then it goes back to uh, I have to deal with the police here, and the there's a lot of stories of related to opening businesses in a foreign country. We don't have the, things we don't think about. We don't have the same rights, so or the, the regulations, there's just the, the oversight's completely different. So someone, and well, I'll just say in the hotel, we had the police come and tell all the guests to leave just because they wanted money. That's a, that's a tough thing to balance, but it was over and over, over as concept because a, I'm a foreigner. So I learned to stay out of the picture, um, and be a profitable, but profitable business. You know, so there's a target on my back is essentially Yes, I start with the school, with teaching. I start thinking, oh, I want to open a school, and I get carried away. And then I, all of a sudden, I, I remember, no, no, don't do it. But <laughs> with the traveling, I started thinking about paying forward, essentially, because my birthday trip, I made a theme of inspiration. I don't know why. I, I just uh, you know it became such a headache inviting friends to the trip. I said, you know, I'm just going to stay on my friend's boat. I love their story, and they're going to inspire me. I don't know for what. They don't even know this, but I, I'm just, that's going to be my theme. And, and now that I've experienced traveling because I hated vacationing, I hated it. I didn't look forward to it, didn't hate it. I did never look forward to a vacation. I didn't really understand it. Traveling I love, and I think everyone needs to. I think you grow so much from traveling. So now I'm at the point where I don't think i it's a big shift for me not owning a business because I started a cookbook kind of with the hopes of it's a more of a, a lighthearted book on entertain on the culture and food here but to pique people's interest in the traveling is really my goal so I still it's similar to opening a business where you have this platform and you can do whatever you want you know you can i can sell food in a restaurant where I'm showing showcasing my my skills or new foods, or you know something that I, my creativity, essentially, or someone's creativity. It's the same with the, the book, is, but this time it would be with the purpose of inspiring people to travel, because I don't know about you, I knew nothing. Well, granted, I researched nothing, no part of my trip, but I didn't know anything about Vietnam except for the war. I didn't realize, I, none of this, I knew none of this. I thought I knew what a bond me was, and that's just from living in New York, because that's a very culturally rich city, but I I didn't know anything about it. So my goal was maybe if I can put something together to teach people something that they don't know or things they don't know about a country, they might consider, well, I didn't realize that. And maybe, you know, maybe I can travel. Maybe I should, maybe I will. Not necessarily here, but just to make them think.
0: Could you talk a bit more about the difference between uh, vacationing and travel? Then, as you've described it, um, and why you didn't really look forward to the vacation part, but you seem to have really fallen for travel. It'd be good to hear more about that.
1: Well, again, I didn't realize what the difference was either. But it's the vacation. a, A vacation, by definition, is it's a break away from something. The vacation is it's temporary and it's an escape from your normal routine. Is what a vacation is. You can still work on vacation but it's a temporary break and escape from your normal routine. And the traveling is more of a, you go in with the intent of learning of some experience from that culture. So you have to, to travel, you have to want to maximize and be able to maximize the, the intent to learn, to receive, I guess, um, what's out there. So you may have the same experience. You may go to, Whatever it may be, you know Vietnam or you've been here. So you may say, okay, well, Sapa, someone can go to Sapa, which are the, the mountains in the north in Vietnam, on a vacation. They can go to Sapa as part of their traveling. But one person is going there as an experience, as part of their vacation, as part of their getaway. And the other one's going there more of a, a wandering mindset where I'm not really locked into anything, but I, I want to experience it. I really, my goal is to experience everything they have to offer. So I was saying in the very, in earlier on, I guess you say, the, you can't, it's very difficult to vacation when you plan something in advance because then you end up just filling in the gaps with your wandering time when you want to truly experience and you don't have the ability to, if you're in Sapa, you can't just stay longer in Sapa because you have a time schedule. So that's pretty much the difference is the intent. If you're vacationing, you don't have the intent to, to learn from it. And you're definitely not maximizing the intent to learn from it. If you're traveling, you are. So there are red flags. Like you, you almost need a backpack if you are traveling, because it's things like that where if you're in Sapa, you say, I want to stay here another week or a weekend or a month because I need, I want to experience this. I don't want to get back to go on to another tour. I want to experience this, and I want to experience it now because it's here in front of me. Um, the other part is you have to go by yourself because you can't maximize the experience if you have a distraction, and that's what another person is. They are they're a distraction. You know, They want to go home earlier or back to the hotel earlier. They want to eat this. They want to go there. You're going to be talking to them instead of listening and hearing the sounds. They're a distraction, so you have to travel. You have to be by yourself. That's those are the differences, I think.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. So now that you've been there in Vietnam for a while, I'm curious if you're able to uh, pick up any Vietnamese or if you've <laughs> had a, ten- a chance to try that. Uh, it obviously sounds like a very difficult language, so I wouldn't blame you if you haven't gotten very far, but <laughs> but I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a tonal language, and I just do not have the skill set. I, pri- I took private lessons. I took private lessons before COVID hit, it was tough. That was another, uh, another red flag for me personally was I couldn't find time to do things like that. And I finally got the businesses to the point where I could do something besides work. And that was learning Vietnamese. And it was I was just horrible. I don't have the ear for it. But at one point, the, my tutor just said, what's wrong with you? Like every, he goes, everyone else gets this. Why can't you say it? And I said, I, I don't know. So I do almost everything with somebody else here. I, I just have to. I mean, I can go out and get some things, but you know, I, I went to get a ream of paper for my printer and even with a picture on my phone, they gave me the pens undergarments. You know, it, just, it's, it can be very difficult, so I need to bring somebody. I'll order iced tea, they'll bring me strawberry ice cream. I just I don't have the ability, I try and try. And, I, and at some point I gave up, but I, I, I wasn't giving up, but I realized it's not the right time Because as much as I'm trying, I'm wasting time or diverting it from the actual experience. So it was similar to researching places while you're in a hotel, like where am I going next? And spending two or three hours checking out prices and reviews and just, it was the same with the language where it's a priority, but it's not a top priority to learn the language. And if it's taking me, and when I had the tutor, it was. I would spend at least two to three hours a night working on it. And I realized that was just a bad combination. I just, yes, in the long run, it would be beneficial, but not right here, right now. I couldn't, but I kept doing it. If Again, luckily for COVID, class got canceled with him uh, because I would have kept going. I would have kept going. I I probably would be as far along as I am, uh, as I was then. Not far at all. Not far. I'm glad. I'm often very glad when things like this happen because I will just keep going. I'll just keep. So I'm glad when things like this happen. Very thankful.
0: (laughs) There's some kind of divine intervention. There's a silver lining in my COVID cloud.
1: There's a silver lining
0: there. And in terms of the friends that you've been able to make in the time that you've lived in Vietnam, has it been other, you know, mostly other foreigners or locals or mix? Like how have you kind of tried to tackle the personal relationship side of things and what successes or challenges have you found?
1: Um, all locals um, and friends with my former employees. <laughs> <laughs> so that worked out also well. I run into and I speak with foreigner, just to clarify, anyone who's listening, we are, we call ourselves foreigners here, not expats, but the foreigners, I don't really, I don't live in a foreigner neighborhood I don't typically associate nothing wrong with these people I know but I'm not looking for that experience you know if if their personality was so great maybe I would again nothing against them but there's I don't see a reason to I don't want to live in that area I don't want to go to that area I don't that's not what I'm seeking uh, I can't I don't know the comparison of living in the states but I just You know, maybe I have no desire for Disneyland, so I would probably pass if someone invited me to Disneyland, just not what I want to experience. It's the same. I just don't want to experience that area. And I much prefer, you made a reference about this getting old or not. I still, every night, every day, it's something new. And I feel like if I took myself away from this and not in some sort of sad way, I feel like if I stopped this life, I would miss out on a lot because every day is amazing. It's something new too, and that's just we're on going on four years this year.
0: So you're you're working on your Vietnamese cookbook now, and I'm just curious how you came apro- across those different recipes, or how you you know built them or created them yourself, um, and also how this is sort of you know taking it from your experience back in the sort of restaurant business and hospitality. And now i given it a new venue to be able to show your creativity there. So it would be good to hear how that's coming along and and how you've developed that project.
1: Well, the project came about the exact same way as as me with a hotel or hostel or travel agency or wanting to open a school. There was a friend. Again, things are a little bit different here. So the friend had land, has land. And the police will will take it if you don't have a business on there kind of deal. So she offered it to us, to me for free, me and my friend. Friend, same partner of uh, the the other businesses. So then I was like, oh yeah, of course. A restaurant <laughs> even easier for me than a hotel, hostel, or travel agency. And then again, I'd reel myself back in, but during that process of that bipolar moment where I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course, I'm gonna do this. And then the reality of step away, walk away, don't do it. Remember the police, remember the government, remember, you know, I'm already working on recipes. Uh, with that so that was an easy segue to the book the difficult part is the actual making of the cookbook that's super difficult but i like a challenge i don't like this is very very frustrating <laughs> i even put i don't know if it'll make it i don't know if, what's going to make it i don't know if you have written a book
0: mm-hmm, it's not it's like ripping out your toenails right is that it's <laughs> pretty hard it's pretty hard I, yeah. don't, I don't necessarily plan to do it again
1: yeah, I might have to um, pick your brain on some things afterwards. So, yeah, you will know what's going to end up. So in my intro, I actually said, which the intro probably won't make it either. Um, but I mentioned I didn't want to write a cookbook and I, and I regret it <laughs> because it's not as fun as it sounds. I thought it was going, to, but I wasn't writing it to be a cookbook. I was writing it as some sort of platform to inspire people to travel. Right. That's just what I know. You know, and now I know the culture here, and I find it very intriguing. Plus, I know the food, so it was, mm-hmm. that I thought was going to be an easy segue. And yeah, the end, the end result will hopefully be something that will still inspire people. But yeah, it right. is. I do not recommend writing a book,
0: <laughs> especially one with a lot of photos. That's what I didn't do.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because you put in all the photos, and then they say, "Well, we're, we don't know if we're going to use them because we like using our oh." Uh, uh, it goes on and on <laughs> It is the stories with writing this book. I have as many stories with this process as I do with, open, with having the, the businesses here, like the police. Oh, there's some stories. These, there's some stories <laughs> in this, this whole thing, but that's the good part is the, I don't mind these experiences. If it's something that's where someone benefits, hopefully me, no, I'm not talking about financially, just like in general, you know, you become a better person or you help other people or something good comes out of it in general. That's the end all. That's where you keep pushing forward, going. It's for a purpose, right? That's what keeps you going.
0: (laughs) So you still definitely consider yourself a traveler, of course, and you've been to a lot of places. Uh, Now you've been there in Vietnam for, I believe, about four years. You said so. Do you see yourself staying there for the foreseeable future? It sounds like it's still an exciting adventure for you. Or do you find the call of of travel and adventure uh, maybe in other parts of the world, you know, pulling at you as well?
1: Uh, I haven't really been able to really think about it too much because we haven't been able to leave the country. They just—they said they reopened it last week. They didn't. I think I'm at the point, I definitely want to travel more, without a doubt. But it's so appealing here that I, I wouldn't mind considering this a home base. And it's so cheap. That's part of the appealing. It's so affordable here. So affordable. So with all places, there's good and bad. But if you want to have a home base, cheap is good, and the place that you enjoy in general. So I'm not saying just cheap, and this is, you, know, these are horrid conditions. This is cheap, and I, and I love it anyway. So I probably definitely travels in the future, definitely. Uh, and whether or not I keep this as a home base is to be determined.
0: So, as you've been able to stay there these last couple of years, have you, you know, how have you dealt with kind of the visa aspect of it? I mean, has it been sort of going in and out of the country? Do you have a long stay visa, especially as you were starting businesses? I can imagine trying to figure that out uh, is probably of some importance to <laughs> maintaining those businesses and, and different ventures long term. But of course, COVID has, you know, probably thrown a wrench in some things as well. So, be good to hear in your thoughts of like, how do you manage? the immigration and legal aspects of it?
1: I The second I started thinking about a business, I went straight to a, an attorney and I relied on them. Now, we don't have the same legal rights here, but I didn't want to sidestep that and just assume that I could do it on my own. So I had no problem investing in an attorney and they took care of everything and they still take care of everything. So I went, I had a um, tourist visa. I don't remember. I think I did months and then I switched to a year before, before switching to the business visa with the one year, um, I think I was supposed to, it was a one year tourist visa, but I think I was supposed to leave the country every three months. I didn't, I didn't understand, but it wasn't a three month tourist visa. It was a one year, but I still had to leave every three months on a visa run. I just didn't know. So I paid a hefty little fine at the end of the year. But I switched to a business visa, and that's um, a strong visa here. It gives you a lot of, a lot more, I don't want to say control, but it's a, it's a much better visa. And I don't have to do a work permit. I don't have to go through any of that. So there's many advantages to it. And the business is technically not closed. It's paused. So it's similar to the U.S. So I can still hold on to that. I'll hold on. I still have my business visa. But I would definitely, without a doubt, that's the only, it's been the another great decision was getting the, the business to visa
0: really helps a lot. So you've shared a lot in this conversation about your advice and tips for people who want to travel abroad and maybe ditch the vacation, but start traveling. And also, of course, moving there to Vietnam. Do you have any other particular piece of advice or anything that you'd like to share with our listeners before you head off and, I guess, get back to formatting and working on your cookbook, which I'm sure is a big... A big time check. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I could just talk about that, actually. The no, advice for traveling is just do it. Uh, my, my my take now, to, to be clear, when you return from vacation, you, everyone always just says, my vacation was good or bad or nothing life-changing. It's just a simple description. And when you describe how your traveling was... It's so great that you have a difficult time putting your words. And that's where I am right now. And that's where I am right now with you right this second. Is do I have any advice? I'm still grasping for a way to describe how important it is for everyone to travel. Because it's that uh, much of a great experience. It's that life-changing. Now, don't go stay at a Marriott with your friend in Bali and say, well, I didn't get anything out of this. Well, you didn't travel. I mean, when I say travel, truly travel. And and I know people that have traveled by themselves, who have gone on vacation by themselves, who also did not get anything out of it. But that's not what they did. You know, they stayed at a party hostel, or they wanted to, you know, you choose a party hostel, well, your goal is to meet other people that speak your language, and you hang out with them, and you go where they go. So that's not vacation. You're not experiencing the local culture. You're with other people that speak English. Completely different. So what I am saying is, if you follow these <laughs> rules, you will have a great takeaway from it. So what advice do I have is just do it. Because it's such a great experience. But you have to truly travel. Don't go through all the trouble and then not understand why you didn't receive anything from it when you didn't really travel. You need to really focus. You can still, you know, I hear people saying, oh, don't take selfies. You can't travel. You can take selfies. You can stay in a hostel, just not a party hostel. You can, you know, there's a lot of do's and don'ts that, there seems to be confusion. You don't, it's not about collecting passport stamps. It's not, there's no time limit. It's really just going there with the intent of no distractions. So if, like I said, I went, I didn't realize what I was doing, but I left the States knowing I didn't want to have me think about work. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but I would be consumed if I did not quit and say, you know, you can replace me. I may not be back. If I didn't, if I didn't word it like that, I would have returned to New York. I would have felt obligated uh, responsibility to get back there and finish what I was doing. And I would have been on the phone with them or emails every day. You have to just completely eliminate. You have to cut off all distractions. So what's my advice? My advice is, is truly look into, into traveling because why wouldn't you?
0: Is there anywhere that our listeners can find out more about you and what you're doing? And of course, get on board for the cookbook as well. You
1: can definitely provide your email address on my website and I can notify you when it's ready. It won't be until the end of this year at the earliest. Um, my website is is Um, But you can find me on social media, and my social media links are on my website. But Twitter is Paul in Vietnam, and the Instagram one is on the website. But definitely, if anyone has any questions about traveling, I mean, feel free. I'm an open book. I would like to encourage anyone to travel. So if you have questions, if I can help, of course, I'd love to.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for sharing all your adventures and tips and advice. Look forward to seeing where things take you and excited for the cookbook as well.
1: David, pleasure. Good talking
0: to you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute and give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps new listeners find us and lets us know that we are putting out content that you appreciate. You can quickly find out where and how to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash expat empire. If you know anyone who would appreciate this podcast, please tell them about it so we can continue growing the global expat empire community. Keep up to date on new expat empire podcast episodes by pressing the subscribe button in the podcasting app of your choice. You can also visit expatempire.com and sign up for our newsletter to get our free ebook top 10 tips for moving abroad right now. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at Exped Empire, so be sure to follow us there. We are currently offering free consulting calls to discuss your moving plans and how Exped Empire can help you to achieve them. Please visit our website to schedule your call today. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode in the coming weeks.